1: Private, Christian, affordable.
2: Visit gcu.edu. Everybody, I'm throwing back all the way to January 16th, 2014 on this one, How Pet Psychics Work. Boy, oh boy, this one was not great. But sometimes I like to pick those just as a reminder of uh, the peaks and valleys of this show over the years. So here we go with How Pet Psychics Work. It's really not that bad. You'll probably enjoy it. Just give it a listen. And then give us a review on Yelp. Three stars, please.
3: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. That's me. Uh, I mentioned myself already. Have I mentioned Jerry? Yeah, I think so. Things just keep getting worse and worse, don't they? Jerry's over there.
2: We're all in the Christmas spirit. I think this is the last show we're recording this year, right? Yeah. We're ahead of the game a little bit. Yeah. So we can have a cushy couple of weeks. Yeah. So um, we're hammered. <laughs> not true. <laughs> no. Not yet. You got your coffee. I got my uh, soda water. La lacroix La soda water.
0: Yeah, my coffee is neither Spanish nor Irish nor anything like that. No. What is Spanish coffee? Oh, it's the better of the two. What is it? Um, you get a little, well, it depends on your, on your recipe, but you get a little bit of rum. Okay. Uh, you get a little bit of uh, triple sec, or uh, I can't remember the other name for it, um, but good triple sec. Yeah. Put them together in a uh, like a, a tempered snifter mm-hmm. or an Irish coffee glass. Fire tempered. Make sure it's tempered, or else you're about to hurt yourself. Yeah, it'll bust on it. You light it. Um, you light the, it's got to be high proof rum. You light the rum uh, triple sec combo. Just let it burn out for a second. Or you could blow it off. You don't want to burn off too much of the alcohol. Yeah. Then you add some espresso, some uh, Kahlua, and then uh, top it off with a little whipped cream and nutmeg. Man, it's good stuff. And that's just one version. There's plenty of other versions of Spanish coffee. That makes Irish coffee look silly they're just like
2: i i don't put
0: down irish coffee
2: it's pour a some whiskey, whiskey in the coffee and drink <laughs> pretty much <Yeah. laughs> it's also called the eye opener yeah i love the simplicity of the irish just doing that i love that
0: yeah, have you seen what a uh, great country i don't know if it was a new one last week i started watching the simpsons again after like years off oh yeah and it is it's awesome is man. it back man it is back there was one i don't know if it was new or not but crusty um syndicated himself around the world so we could make a lot more money so there's like a jamaican crusty there's like a oh, like all idea. these and then the irish one was just like this depressed alcoholic who would like sit at a at a table on a chair in like this yeah. spare room didn't even do that really yeah and like would just drink and say like these you know really bleak depressing things it was <laughs> perfect and he ended up with his own like stage show on Broadway and everything as the Irish Krusty yeah oh awesome that's a good one I'll have to check that out yeah uh, that was my intro to Pet Psychics <laughs> alright you know that cat sitting over there knew everything
2: I was about to say Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Not many people know we have a studio cat. No. Man, I wish we did. How awesome would that be? A studio cat? Yeah, that'd be great. It'd get gamey in here, wouldn't it? No. It's already pretty warm in here as it is. A cat would love that. Yeah. Um. All right, so pet psychics, fact or fiction? Uh, they're fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Are we debunking
0: right out of the thing? Well, you know, I am I am of the Fordian ilk. All right. Like, I think that using science as a means of avoiding scientific investigation of something Mm -hmm. is a slap in the face of science. Yeah. And that science should be used to exhaust all avenues. And just because we can't currently explain something using science doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Sure. I think that there's a whole echelon of stuff out there that does exist that we can't quite explain yet. Yeah, sure. I don't know if pet psychics fall into that one, Uh but I'm not one to just overtly poo-poo something out of hand. Okay. That said, uh, I had a hard time, like, taking this entire article seriously.
2: Yeah. Well, you want to know something? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Emily just went to a pet psychic.
0: I... I I thought that there was probably like an 85 to 90% chance <laughs> that something like that was going to come up.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, we had to put old Lucy down, and uh, Emily went in the following week. Uh-huh. We have a local pet psychic in uh I'm surprised Avondale there's just States. one. Uh, there probably is. Yeah. But um, one near our house. And she went and talked to this lady.
0: Was it comforting?
2: It was. She said it was really interesting, and... Um, there was less talk about Lucy and more talk about like me and our other animals. And, um, she wouldn't tell me a whole lot because she, I, she didn't want me to, uh, poke fun at it, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I, and I tried to be super supportive and I was sure. Of course. Um, I fought every instinct I had to, uh, you're like, that sounds like a great yeah. time. Neat. How much was it? <laughs> um, but Emily, and she asked me not to say this, so of course I'm going to say it, <laughs> she uh, is getting books now herself to read, and because she feels like she is very intuitive with animals, and, and she is very intuitive with animals, mm-hmm. and so she's going to poke around there, and not to do it for a living or anything.
0: Right. Just to do just, it with your
2: own dogs at home. Yeah, just to see if she can become more in tune uh, with our animals, uh, and... They are called animal intuitives sometimes yeah. or communicators, right. not necessarily pet psychics because right. that makes se- you sound a little crazy There maybe. seems
0: to be like a whole gamut of people that would fall under the umbrella of pet psychics.
2: Yeah, like uh, a horse whisperer or Caesar Milan. some people might say is an animal communicator. Right. That they're just maybe more in tune with the signals that animals send out. And they can send signals yes. to animals. yeah. Um, but, that, I, that I fully believe.
0: Okay, so that's totally different from what a person who claims to be a pet psychic says is going on.
2: Well, yeah, but not always. Like this lady Emily went to was sounded more like an animal intuitive and communicator than uh, like a medium saying, I'm talking to Lucy. She's in a better place. Right. She's playing with your grandfather in heaven.
0: Right, but there are pet psychics that claim to do that. Yeah, and charge people money for that. Yeah, just like real psychics. Sure.
2: Um, all right, so let's get into it.
0: Well, I thought we already had.
2: Well, I, I guess we have. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and drop that bomb <laughs> about Emily. Um, I think you're in trouble. So pet psychics... Nah, she doesn't listen. They, <laughs> they uh, claim, depending on who they are, there is a spectrum of pet psychics, like you said, that claim certain abilities. But some claim that they can actually telepathically communicate with animals with their mind right? and like one step beyond intuition like we're actually talking right not only are we talking we're
0: transferring images from one mind to another yeah Um, in some cases they are talking like there's a pet psychic um, who claims that when she speaks to animals um, they respond to her in a childlike voice that animals have childlike voices yeah they speak like children. They do in Disney movies. <laughs> yeah. So why not? Um, but the the basically at its most supernatural, I guess, it's most extrasensory. Uh uh-huh. um, Pet psychics, what they're claiming to do is a convergence of clairvoyance. Yeah. Which is far sight. Um, and telepathy, telepathy yeah. which is mind reading, and they're putting these together, and then if you already have a hard enough time swallowing that. You may have an even harder time following it when you realize that they're saying they're doing this with animals, which may or may not even be self-aware.
2: Yeah. Like it's tough to, it's hard with humans to believe that someone might have ESP and telepathy mm-hmm. and we speak the same language. Yeah. So it might be even a deeper reach to say that you can do that with a dog, let's say. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Emily went to a pet psychic.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: she went after Lucy yeah. um, passed on, Yes, um, basically to find out how Lucy was doing.
2: Yeah, I think she was just curious about the... She had been curious for a while, and this afforded her an opportunity to go see a pet psychic, I think. Right. Like, it gave her a good reason.
0: Okay, so that's one reason people go see pet psychics um, after the death of a pet. Sure. Another one is when a pet is
2: sick or yeah. injured or like, ailing. Tell me if it's time to go.
0: Right. Yeah, um, which man, that's got to be a lot to put on a pet psychic. That's a lot to put on a vet. Sure, yeah, <laughs> you know. Although I think vets are kind of like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, and then what if the what if the pet is acting like a jerk all of a sudden? Yeah, that's another reason people like go why to pet are, Why is my
2: dog acting out? Or maybe my pet is lost. Can you tell me where my pet is? Right, that's a uh, a little more of a niche thing. Not all pet psychics will take on those cases. My guess is because the success rate might not be great and they don't want to, you know, charge somebody for something and not provide the service that they said they can.
0: Yeah, because I mean, unless you can talk somebody into giving up their bread, for you just to say, yeah, your dog will be home in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Then, you know, how are you going to work that? You know, you you
2: can't. But there are anecdotal success stories of locating pets this way. Um, If there weren't, this wouldn't be around. And a skeptic will say that's just luck and
0: coincidence. Yeah. Like the dog was on its way home anyway. Exactly. This pet psychic didn't call to it with her mind.
2: (laughs) That's right. Uh, Psychics, pet psychics say they um, use electromagnetic energy to accomplish this that there's this energy field in the universe that science hasn't quite figured out yet, but it exists, and we are able to pick up on that energy and uh, use that energy to speak to your animals, um, whether it's a childlike voice or, like, I think most of them generally do it in, like, in pictures. Yeah. Which makes a little more sense to me. Yeah. Um,
0: and this, this, this thing, this electromagnetic energy, there's this guy who wrote a book, His name is uh, J. Allen Boone, and he wrote a book called Kinship with All Life, and it apparently is the Pet Psychic's Bible, and it's kind of his relationship with this German shepherd named Strongheart, uh, which was a Hollywood dog that he cared for starting in, I think, the 1930s, Um, and who he became uh, telepathically linked with, Uh intuitively linked to. Right um and basically J Allen Boone wrote this book on how to communicate with animals and in it he mentions that all things are connected by this thing called the primal cause midichlorians <laughs> right <laughs> and um i think that's what the a pet psychic would say well it's the electromagnetic energy right the point is that since it binds all things we can just kind of use that to to connect to the mind of another thing human or animal right Because we're all connected by this.
2: Right. It's a lovely thought. It is. Uh, Animal Planet actually had a show for a little while, about 10 years ago, called The Pet Psychic. And um, the lady on there, uh, what's her name, Fitzpatrick? Yes. She claimed that she picked up this in childhood as a result of a hearing loss. Um, Although uh, other people say they pick it up as adults uh, after studying it and not necessarily born with a gift, but they just studied how to be more. Uh, in tune with animals. Right, and
0: apparently a lot of them discovered that they had this gift after they saw the pet psychic on Animal
2: Planet. Oh, is that right? That's what Tracy says in this (laughs) article. (laughs) Okay. I wonder what, that sounds like one of those statements. Did she do research on that? I don't know. Did she do a poll? Well, I think that it definitely
0: did kick off a uh, A trend. trend. Okay. If it didn't capitalize on it, it definitely kicked it off.
2: All right, so you go to your pet psychic, uh, you're going to go into a room, and they're going to, do something like this, uh, not exactly like this. Depending on their methods, mm-hmm. but they're probably going to like just relax and tell you to calm down. And they uh, will make contact with the energy of the animal, and then they will actually try and contact the said animal telepathically. Right, like ask a question of the animal,
0: or they'll 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 call its name or something and get its attention too.
2: Yeah, or have a picture. Uh, a lot of times, like you don't need the animal there necessarily. In fact, a lot of times I think the animal is not there. Right. Because why do you need the animal?
3: No,
0: you don't. You've got the great cause, (laughs) the primal cause.
2: Exactly. Uh, So so
0: they go like this with their mind.
2: (laughs) They do. And then they um, will accept whatever response they get, relay that back to you, ask you some more questions, or if you have any more questions, and basically act as the go-between between you communicating with your pet, like... Just like you would think it goes down. Your pet is saying that they're, uh, they're not happy with the new couch, and that's why they're peeing on it.
0: Right. Or ever since you uh, took that promotion into middle management, you've changed, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm not happy with this new you. That's why I keep chewing your suits.
2: Exactly. Um, they are going to uh, – it, it's pretty controversial – as we pointed out, because there isn't any hard <clears throat> science behind it. There's no proof of this electromagnetic energy. I know a lot of people believe in energy. I mean,
0: electromagnetic energy
2: does exist. Yeah, not this kind of right. electromagnetic right. energy. Yeah. Um, I just wanted
0: to make sure everyone knew that we yeah, believe in right. electromagnetic <laughs> energy.
2: But they haven't picked up, the, they haven't proven that there's any actual like, sensory organ in people or animals that allow them to tune into this energy. Right. Does that make more sense? Yeah.
1: Stuff you should know. I'm Tamika D. Mallory, and it's your boy, My Son, the General, and we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but
4: same old. Us. Oh, yeah.
1: And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: That's
4: right. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
3: Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, what's we'll it.
4: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
3: So you write the books, Gene, and business. I understand now.
4: Listen to Fodor's Guide
2: to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States
5: I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions I'm answering it all.
0: So So, during these pet psychic sessions when the when the the purpose of this normally is to get to the bottom of a problem, say, like we said, or to get some sort of comfort or even for decision making um, the problem is when a pet psychic asks an animal what's going on, mm-hmm. and the animal is thought to respond well this I'm doing this because of this." So beyond the telepathy, Mm -hmm. beyond the clairvoyance involved, there's still the question of whether an animal is capable of that higher level of reasoning and thought. Yeah, right. That it would be aware of its own reasons for its behavior. That in and of itself is a controversial aspect of this whole topic.
2: Yeah, that self-awareness, like... um a lot of animal intuitives believe that animals are basically kind of like people. Right. They just can't talk. They experience the emotions. They're, they're self-aware, um, and they're just not trapped, but they're in an animal's body. Right. Um, and when you look at your pets, you may think they're experiencing emotions. And it's a controversial subject because it's not something you can prove. Well, it's been it's become
0: more and more proven over the years.
2: Yeah, like... Nowadays, it is accepted that animals can feel certain emotions.
0: Yeah, especially the basic ones.
2: Like yeah, like stress, fear, fear, upsettedness.
0: Yeah, um, rage. I think is one. Yeah. Um, uh, lust, separation, distress.
2: Yeah, but the, it's hard to define an emotion. Period. Much less in, in an animal.
0: Right, but the the idea that um, emotions just belong to humans, right, or even humans and higher primates. Is is definitely faded. Um, we are aware that animals can experience basic emotions. They can probably experience even higher emotions too. Like if you look at a dog and your dog looks sad, and it's sad because you're leaving. Yeah. You may be correct. You know your dog pretty well, and yeah. we've reached the point where science is starting to come to grips with the idea that yes, animals can experience some higher emotions as well. Sure. And there was actually a conference at Cambridge University in 2012. And uh, it was a pretty heavy-hitting conference. Um, Like, I mean, the people involved were no slouches. Yeah. And they came up with the Cambridge Declaration on Consciousness. Interesting. And they basically said that um, the the components that you need to experience emotions and consciousness— are not relegated to the cortex, meaning it's not just humans that have that are capable that have the hardware for experiencing consciousness, right? right. Um, they also said that if you artificially stimulate um, uh, the neural circuits that are responsible for different aspects of consciousness. In humans, you can stimulate the same things in animals, too, Yeah, which suggests that they have the same equipment. Um, you can also disrupt those circuits using hallucinogens in humans and animals. Oh, okay. And since they have all the equipment, all the signs point to, Sid, this group of neuroscientists and um, other professionals, they said there is a pretty good chance that it's not just humans who are experiencing consciousness the the things that the trappings of consciousness like higher emotions self-awareness yeah the things that make us human animals might have that make them animals right uh, but the, the people who think that you, if your dog is sad you're probably right yeah are right
2: your dog likes you around and it might be happy when you're home yeah and
0: sad when you leave. And the whole reason that this has been a thing is simply because humans haven't been able to figure out how to accurately test what is an emotion in a, an animal. Right. Because animals can't say, I'm feeling like this right now. We can be
2: like, that's love. You're feeling love. Yeah, like when a, a, a mother cares for her puppies, it's showing. it looks like it's showing love. Or is it oxytocin, a hormone in the body that says you need to care for your young? Is it love or care or does the animal realize it's it's love or care?
0: Well that's the big one. Yeah. Because you can say we have that same exact neural circuit, yeah, and we react to oxytocin the exact same way. So, you know, if it's love for us, why isn't it love for the animal? Well, the key is is we think about it. We're thinking, I feel so good about taking care of my baby. That means I love my baby. That makes me even happier. That's called metacognition. Right. That's where most people are drawing the line with animals these days. They might be able to experience some pretty high um, emotions. They may be self-aware, but the ability to think about their emotions and the implications of their emotions or think about thinking, that's metacognition, and not everybody agrees on that one. That's the new threshold that we're at, it seems like. Oh, really? For animals whether or not they're capable of metacognition.
2: So if an animal sees itself in the mirror and notices itself, is that self-awareness?
0: Yeah, which would be a form of metacognition. Right. But that's that's not proven. That's where a lot of people, you'll lose a lot of people now, whereas 10 years ago, even saying that an animal could experience happiness or joy um, would have lost a lot of people. So right. who knows in 10 years from now, maybe everyone will agree that animals experience metacognition.
2: Yeah, a grief is definitely one I've seen firsthand a lot.
0: Yeah, we talked about it in the grief episode.
2: Yeah, um, and when we put Lucy down, they recommend that, we did it at our house, they recommend that the pet not see that act, but then they come in afterward. Yeah. So they see the body and so they can understand what's going on and so they don't spend time looking for that animal. Yeah. And uh, we did that with Buckley and Charlie and let them back in and uh, – Charlie was stressed, but we didn't even think about it. She was a feral dog, so she gets stressed when other people are in the house. Mm-hmm. So we forgot this vet lady was in there. So Charlie's just stressed running around. Buckley goes up, sniffs Lucy, and it was really sad. I'm sure. And he was different for about four or five days. Seemed depressed to me. And when we would take him on walks and come back, he would still run around to all the rooms, I think, looking for Lucy because he never had done that before. Yeah, He usually just walks in and lays down but he literally would go to each room. Um, so I definitely think there are things like grief. Whether or not the dog realizes it's grief, like, who cares? You know? That's what I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's still experiencing on that virtually the same level, right? Yeah. And at its most profound level, that gut experience of grief. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think the whole, the, the fine line here with investigating or talking about whether or not animals can experience these things, is you're walking this edge where on one side you have anthropocentrism, yeah. where you're just like, no, they can't. Only humans can. Humans are the greatest ever. Sure. And you're forgetting that we're animals as well. Right. Then on the other side you have anthropomorphizing, where you're attributing you know, human attributes to animals unduly. So, it's kind of like you have to resist...
2: uh, Buckley's so happy because we're putting up the Christmas tree. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Buckley's happy because we're in there having a good time and drinking some eggnog and, like, the music's on, we're dancing. Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, you have to resist both of those temptations to just kind of keep plodding along down the line uh, scientifically. Yeah. But I think, ultimately, as we go down that line, we're going to finally come to, as a species, hopefully, the idea that, like, animals should not be in zoos or tested on or whatever because... They are a lot closer to us consciousness wise than we currently understand or want to admit right now.
2: Agreed. Um, all right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about pet psychics and like contradictions between them um, uh-huh. and what might be going on here right after this message break. Stuff
5: you should know.
4: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling, is choosing the right travel partner.
3: Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it.
4: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share
3: it with. So you hide the books, Gene. and have a time the business. I understand now. This a wise man. Uh, Mary a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your
4: travel partner well because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! <laughs>
5: Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
4: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Okay, so there are some contradictions. Um, if you go to 10 Pet Psychics, you're probably <laughs> going to have 10 different. 11 opinions. Yeah, 11 different stories. About what's going on, which is one reason it makes it hard to swallow for some people. Um, Again, I feel like since we went to break and came back, it's
0: this is a good time to reiterate. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing intuitiveness. No, I'm not poo pooing um, in a, some people's ability, a greater ability than others. To really kind of connect to animals and 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 understand them or um, deal with them, yeah. however you want to put it, it's when it strays into telepathy and clairvoyance, right? That um, I start to become skeptical.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think I think pe- some people are more in tune with other humans than others. Sure. Like some people have their heads up their butts and are completely absorbed in their own little universe. Right. Other people, I think, seek out. Um, input from other things whether it's people or animals they're always looking for something right um just you know justin yes his mom carrie one of my favorite people is one of the most in tune intuitive people i've ever met in my life because she's she's a studier of people yeah like you can see her man when there's a party going on she'll be sitting back and watching (laughs) oh yeah yeah is she weird no she's not weird at all she's awesome but um She's, she watches and she's, you know, I don't, I I don't know if it's a gift as much as it is something you can work on. Uh, Yeah, I think it is. Remove your head from your butt and pay attention. (laughs) Um, So, some contradictions like you might uh, see a Fitzpatrick that says, um, your animal ratted you out about something. You might go to another pet psychic that says, animals would never do that. They're loyal. Right. So, what's the story?
0: Supposedly, (laughs) according to, Sonia Fitzpatrick from the Pet Psychic Show, Um, animals are very gossipy, Mm -hmm. and um, they like to tell one another all your secrets. That's hilarious to me. (laughs) And she told a story. She wrote a book called um, What the Animals Tell Me, and she told the story about a turtle that she was communicating with, and the turtle told her that it would love to have a fish friend as a pet. Right. So, Sonia Fitzpatrick introduced a fish to this turtle's tank, and the turtle was like, thanks, chump, and ate the fish. Yeah. And so, she said, why did you eat the fish? And the turtle said, well, I knew that if I asked you for a fish to eat, you wouldn't give it to me. Yeah. So, I just tricked you, basically. Okay. So, animals are gossipy and wily. And have the potential to
2: lie. Yeah, you should not trust animals. Uh, Debbie... McGillivray, she wrote The Complete Idiot's Guide to Pet Psychic Communication. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one that said, no, 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 animals are loyal. They're innocent. They would never rat you out. They would never lie to you like that or embarrass you. Sure. So um, it, it makes it tougher to swallow when you have people saying these wildly different things, not about what they're picking up, but the fact that, no, animals do this. No, animals do this. Like, which is it?
0: Right, but you could say the same thing about humans, you know? Like if you hang out with certain humans, you can be like some human like humans gossip. They'll they'll tell other people all of your terrible secrets. True. Other people might have hang, hung out with the Waltons and they're like, "No, humans are all loyal." It's all it's all about your perception and your experience. That's right.
2: So, what might be going on here is what's known as a cold reading.
0: Yeah, the actual any success or what appears to be success? Yeah telepathically among pet psychics cold readings
2: yeah esp people use cold readings to explain that Uh, fortune telling tarot card palm reading crystal balls you name it Uh, a skeptic will say that what a cold reading is is the following they are maybe stating the obvious your cat loves to Your cat's telling me it loves to lay in the window and look at the world outside. Right. And the person goes, oh, my God, the wizard loves that. Right. All cats love that. Exactly. So that might happen in your reading.
0: Um, They might also use very vague language. Like um, he says, your dog says something has changed around here. And you go, oh, yeah, I, I just accepted this uh, middle management promotion. Yeah. And the pet psychic says, yes. That's well, it? <laughs> that, that, exactly. That's the this new thing that's changed. And you said earlier that your dog was chewing up your new shoes, and that's why your dog is not happy with this change, so he's chewing your shoes. I am a, a psychic. That's, that's how they finish every reading, too, by the they way. They say that. They throw their arms up in the air <laughs> and shout that.
2: Well, it's interesting because what might be happening there is, is- – Your dog might be chewing up your shoes because you did get that job because you're working an extra 15 hours a week and your dog has separation anxiety. Yeah. So, ironically, it might be actually on the money, but... uh, The disconnect comes in when the psychic says that your
0: dog told him that.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Um, What else? Um, Or how about this? Here's another way to state the obvious. Your dog... um, I'm looking at a picture of your dog and they chew on their paws all the time and say they itch. And that's because in the picture they have like a bandage on their paw. Or you went in and forgot you said my dog is is chewing their paws all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What's the deal with that? Right. Like they'll they'll glean these bits of information without you maybe even necessarily recognizing that by asking you questions. Yeah. And then they uh Make that part of their cold reading,
0: but then asking questions is another one too. It's fishing for details. It's like I see that your dog is wearing a red and green, and then you say blue blue collar. Your dog is wearing a blue collar. Yeah. Um, so every time something is uh, that you, that you indicate something is correct, it'll be restated, rephrased. Yeah. Respoken as if the psychic is saying it. Right. And. You're, you're so unwrapped in this whole thing that you're just missing the fact that you're feeding them the information that they're giving to you as
2: a psychic reading.
0: Yeah, and because... This, this what, isn't just pet psychics.
2: No, like, generally, if you go into a psychic, you are there because you want to believe and you are seeking an answer. Right. Um, if a dude like you or I went into a pet psychic, we probably wouldn't have much luck because we would go in there looking to shoot holes in it. And uh, I did encourage Emily. I was like, go in there with an open mind, you know. I would go in there with an open mind. See, I don't think I could.
0: I would. That's why I wasn't invited. I would try, at the very least. I don't... I wouldn't... If I were going to go in there just to poo-poo, I just wouldn't go. Well, yeah. exactly. Because, I I mean, who
2: wants to do that? Jerks. (laughs) There are plenty of them out there, too. No, that's true. Um, But Emily did say that she was... She made a point to not reveal too much and to sort of watch out for those cold reading tricks. And um, she said, I didn't reveal a whole lot, and she... She gave me back something, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: she's a believer. Well, um, that that whatever she spent on that, yeah, it's a
0: drop in the bucket compared to what people spend on their pets these days.
2: It's a little crazy these days.
0: Not just for pet psychics, but just in general. Yeah, um, Americans spent sixty-one billion dollars billion with the dollars in two thousand thirteen on their pets. Yeah. 61 billion dollars and that was up from 36 billion in 2005 wow. and 17 billion in 1996. Wait, what's the current number? 61 billion. Wow.
2: Boy, I I mean things have really I don't want to say gotten out of hand, but you definitely notice in the past decade more uh doggy spas and oh yeah, stuff like that around. Well, there's supposedly more disposable
0: income. Yeah. Uh, and there are more people who are not having kids.
2: Oh, so they're just dumping their money into their pets? Uh-huh. Well, good. Get them off the street, people. That's what I say.
0: The point is, if we're spending $61 billion on our pets, and it keeps increasing, almost doubling every few years now, every yeah. 8, 9, 10 years, um, pet psychics are not going anywhere. No, they're not. They are here to stay.
2: Uh, I've got one more um, stat for you. Uh, there was a poll in 2008 that found that 67% of pet owners say they understand... Their animals purrs or barks or other noises. And 62% said that when they speak, their pet understands them, or at least their intent. Um, and one in five owners claim that their pets understand each other completely, like the two pets do. And one quarter of cat owners say they completely understood their pet sounds, while only 16% of dog owners said they were fluent in barks. So I guess those were two different polls that are wildly different in Their numbers. Yeah. I think people can, and animals, sense a lot of subtle micro expressions in uh, body language. Yeah. And that is just, I mean, that is communication. So,
0: and don't you think that's just a, a result of proximity around another living being? You know, just living with something, whether it's a person yeah. or an animal. Yeah, yeah,
2: Like, you get to know them and their mannerisms. And yeah, absolutely. And, like, you,
0: you can read them.
2: And that is, like I said, microexpressions is a form of communication, I think. So it's not like, I think, sure, you can communicate with your dog. Sure. Uh, but it may not be telepathically like a conversation. But if it feels as easy
0: as a telepathic conversation, then you, you got it going on with your pet.
2: Yeah, and, again, if you want to go out and drop your dough on a pet psychic more power to you. You'll probably get something out of it. Same here. Uh,
0: If you want to know more about pet psychics, type those words into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail.
2: I'm going to call this uh, Go Figgy Puddings. Remember that?
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, In our live podcast, well, I'll just go ahead and read it. This semester, guys, I'm studying abroad in the UK at the University of Hertfordshire, during my travels, Go figgy puddings. <laughs> exactly. During my travels, your podcast has helped me pass the time of uh, plane and train rides while learning new things and hearing the American accent I miss so much. Uh, I just listened to Is There a Scientific for Me for funny. We, uh, you mentioned Richard Wiseman from the University of Hertfordshire, and Josh said, "Go Figgy Puddings," which was very funny. I couldn't have thought of that. <laughs> you could have, not that quick. Uh, I was a little taken aback, guys, since you're always dead on with your university team names. I regret to inform you that UH does not have a team called the Figgy Pudding, so they're actually the University of Hertfordshire Hurricanes. This guy's joking, right? No, they he knew serious. I was joking. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. Okay. Boy, I think so. Andrew, you knew Josh was joking, right? Please, Andrew. <laughs> I think so. Um, we are the Hurricanes, which is a little weird since they have more Figgy Puddings here than Hurricanes. The yeah, UH... there's not a
0: lot of Hurricanes over there, isn't there? No, I don't think so. They tend to come this way.
2: Yeah, the UH Hurricanes are actually one of the best British-American football teams around. Nice. With four national championships, but I think he corrected himself in a subsequent email. I think there were five. And 12 division titles since 1997. Just want to set the record straight. Also wanted to thank you guys uh, for such a consistently great show. And that is Andrew uh, Millian. Go Canes. And um, I think he, I hope he knows you're joking. Well, he said he was taken aback I think he was kidding
0: I hope I don't know that he <laughs> was joking <laughs> I'm we'll, just confused we'll go now. with that yeah uh, if you want to pull one over on me and Chuck that's fine we'll see what you got you can tweet to us at SYSK podcast you can join us on facebook.com slash stuff you should know you can send us an email to stuff at howstuffworks.com
3: stuff you should know is a production of iHeartRadio for more podcasts from Heart radio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots,